Are you struggling for consistency in your sim racing? Does your I rating look like a roller coaster? If so, we have good news for you. The way to get more consistent is to first understand what you're doing differently than the professionals. And VRS is the answer. With our competitive subscription, you will have the telemetry, setups, tutorials, and everything else you need to fully analyze your driving. Our data packs and the ability to compare your driving with the best in the world will show you exactly where to adjust your inputs, change your driving line, and shave seconds off of your lap times. And our powerful and precise Direct Force Pro Wheelbase and Precision Pedals are being used by some of the world's best drivers. All these champions agree that VRS hardware is not just the best on the market, it's also priced well below the competition. So if you're looking to upgrade to direct drive and the best pedals in sim racing, VRS is your answer. If you want to get better, get faster, and make it happen sooner rather than later, you owe it to yourself to find out why so many people are switching to VRS. You'll be so glad that you did. Visit www.virtualracingschool.com and learn why the best use VRS. Good evening, welcome to Apex Racing TV for round 11 of the Weekend Warriors Formula Ford. We've got two races for you tonight to view. First one here being the Formula Ford at Detroit Belle Isle. A very tricky track for the drivers to circumnavigate for the 40 minute race that we've got ahead of us tonight. My name's Andy Thompson, I've got uh, Ron Monspear with me and in production we've got Samudi. Ron, welcome to the... Uh, the booth mate and uh, your first one is going to be an interesting one being around uh, Detroit Grand Prix circuit oh yeah it's definitely going to be a very interesting race tonight Belle Isle one of the most storied street circuits in all of America it's uh, one of the oldest I believe unfortunately it's not in use anymore as the IndyCar series and the IMSA races that once occupied this circuit have now moved to the downtown but it's still here on iRacing and I think it'll put on a very intriguing race tonight some very tight and twisty sections but you do have that very long straightaway coming out of the one two section that i think will provide a lot of overtaking opportunities for these drivers tonight yeah definitely will be but it will be certainly tricky for the drivers these cars tend to slide out around corners and uh really gotta be precise with your turn-ins around this track because the walls will not be forgiven in these cars but uh that's all for us to look forward to the cars are currently in qualifying open qualifying sessions at the moment but uh let's have a quick look at the championship standard in s1 megan overstreet uh on 856 points with jc green 765 so a sizable lead that megan has going into the penultimate round here at belle isle 
Kane Lassley in third on 619 with Yao Tobino on fourth on 383. Uh, Jeff Jacobson in fifth on 363 with Jesus Rodriguez in sixth on 324. Simon Mayer in seventh on 126 with Joshua Soto in eighth on 129. And rounding out your top nine is Giancarlo Scuola on 105 points. Over to S2 then. Uh, Tom Laurie leads away on 568 points with Philip Fernandez in second on 507. Michael E is in third on 463 with Joshua Verz in fourth on 289. Sander Verbrugge is in fifth on 229. And Chris Montgomery is in sixth on 192. Trent Kramer in seventh on 185 with Benjamin Harris in eighth on 180. Uh, Richard Coffrey in ninth place on 139 with uh, Tim Sotano uh, rounding out your top 10 on 120 points. Heading over to the Masters. Antonio Ruiz on a commanding 643 points with Jim Brewster in second place on 619. Jorge Marni in third on 616 points with Alain de Gas in fourth on 541. Stevie Ray in fifth on 508 with Gary Walbolt in sixth place on 430. Andrew Love in seventh on 403 with Chris Murakami in eighth on 346. Franz Reck in ninth on 286. And running out your top 10 is Michael Dini on 128. So a lot of the championships uh, are pretty much sewn up at the moment. And Megan Overstreet certainly has uh, been the bridesmaid, not the bride, but uh, in the way of the championship, certainly leading the way, has been on the podium consistently throughout the season. We saw an epic race with Tobino last time out in Alton Park, where Megan literally got overtaken on the last corner uh, of that race to uh, come second again. But she's constantly up there in there. Antonio Reese in the Masters has uh, been a commanding driver throughout the season, always at the top end of the field. Had a little bit of a blip at Alton Park last time out, but uh, still had a commanding lead there. Uh, and, and in the S2, it's a little bit closer at the top. Uh, more, more for the battle for the mid-pack in the S2 range. But it's going to be an epic battle here. We can see in the timing tower at the moment, we've got five minutes left to qualify in Hendrickson in first place very much uh, a new driver to the s1 and uh, already showing his credentials there leading the way literally a second behind him it is jason green i mean that is an absolute monster of the difference time in there between hendrickson and green overall marley heading up masters in third place mccullough is your top s2 driver 1.1 seconds behind hendrickson but wow what a flying lap there from hendrickson rom Oh yeah, that is just a ridiculous gap, nearly one point, yeah, over a second gap to any competitor, regardless of where you are, is just, that's ridiculous, that's like Max Verstappen levels of dominance, that is unheard of, so fantastic lap there from Hendrickson, and I believe that will probably go unchallenged for the rest of the session, certainly a lot of these drivers pushing, we saw Manny have a big there, big moment a, a couple corners ago, nearly hit the wall, actually I believe he did, slightly nudged the wall i believe he got away with that somewhat scot-free but still just i don't think that time is going to get challenged from hendrickson that was a fantastic lap from him yeah definitely let's go right on board with tim hendrickson the round the lap of this bent last second you can just see the car just sliding out going through turns 
one and two there with the straight that you're on about Ron that's uh, probably going to be the best opportunity for the drivers to overtake between two and three but it's literally a right hander 90 degree turn you can sort of see a little bit of a blip on the brake before just swinging it in coming around into turn four very tight twisty seconds so it's going to be extremely hard for the drivers to make a passing opportunity tell here coming through here up to five down into six left hander type before another sort of you call it a straight it's not really uh, gonna affect these cars it's gonna be flat out coming all the way from sixth down into turn number seven but another 90 degree right hand corner coming out with the driver's markers have really got to be on it to be able to uh, ensure they get through the corners we can sort of see how much these cars slide out one of the big characteristics you can see the car in front literally near enough to lose in the front end coming through turn number nine here through to turn 10 and then just switching directions you can just see how big these curves are so if any drivers sort of hit the curves then i think you'll probably find a lot will be going into the wall today coming up through here into turn number 12 through turn 12 a little bit into turn 13 and then a, a short little sprint up to the turn 14th and back onto the start finish straight and that is a lap around your bell aisle circuit going to be very tricky for the drivers and like you said Ron, I think the only opportunities is second to third and I think qualifying is going to be super important because there's not going to be that many opportunities to be able to make a clean pass around the circuit. I think you're exactly right you brought up some very good points going through that uh going through that uh lap there with Hendrickson that was fantastic to see him huck that car around this track is definitely a, a very challenging one was very challenging when it was used in real life and of course here in the sim it is equally challenging in these cars that are definitely more driver dependent you know it's a car that you got to wheel around these drivers aren't having an easy time driving these formula fords around this track you can see him uh, sawing at the steering wheel and mistake there from i'm not sure who that was making a mistake there through turn three that's a uh, rooster there having a spin in uh, turn 10 i'm not sure what happened there might have hit the inside curb which you brought up during that uh, small little track tour you gave there that is going to be important to see uh how those drivers kind of use those curbs or just kind of avoid them altogether because as you said that curb is giant compared to the other uh, small little itty bitty baby tires on these formula fords so you can see just looking at the onboard like the other uh, curb height is about nearly half as tall as the tire itself so it'll be interesting to see the other lengths these drivers go to avoid the curbs here yeah definitely is coming into the last 25 seconds of the qualifying session Hendrickson still leads the way the gap has come below a second but still near seven tenths of a second to Jason Green in second place I mean he's really got this uh, track dialed in as uh, Tim Hendrickson here probably one of his favorite tracks probably not a lot of the other drivers have gone through doing a lot of that you can just see him hitting the walls on the exit i mean you just got to watch out for the suspension damage but looking further down to that you can sort of see the timings are more closely to what we're used to tenths of a second rather than a massive seven tenths Hendrickson has over green so i'd expect to see Hendrickson sort of go off into the distance very early on into this race but uh, looking further down the field our top uh, s our top masters is marnie in fourth mcconnell an excellent third place for him to stick the s2 driver into third place he's gonna have a good three cars between himself and fernandez in seventh place but uh, 
it's going to be a good race for McConnell. He just needs to get around that first lap because these cars are absolutely treacherous on that first lap. The tyres are going to be cold. They're trying to spin the car, the car around these very tight, twisted circuit track. And uh, I'm expecting to see maybe a few incidents on that opening lap, which could put, put pay to a lot of people's uh, aspirations here today. And that won't be the most shocking development in the world with the way these uh, Formula Fords are very easy to make wheel-wheel -wheel contact with how far the tires stick out from the rest of the chassis. So these cars are surprisingly wide. They're still pretty, pretty tiny compared to the, most of the cars that race here in real life. But still, I think it'll be a uh, challenge for these drivers to get through lap one cleanly. Certainly not discrediting the other uh, talents of the other uh, drivers in the series, but at a track like this, which is fairly narrow very bumpy and in a car like this which is uh, very easy to make wheel wheel contact and uh, as you mentioned it's going to be very treacherous grip wise for those drivers i think we'll see a bit of chaos towards the uh, early stages of this race yeah it definitely is we've only got four drivers in the uh, s1 category as we've watched gary Warbolt literally hit the wall i'm expecting to see quite a few of them incidents here tonight but uh, only four drivers in the s1 category so uh there's still some really good points on for the four drivers to uh, get into that section in S2. You can see there we've got a sizable number around about, I think it's around about 15 of the S2 drivers with around about seven Masters drivers. So uh, S2 is probably going to be the hotly contested uh, class here tonight. But looking at Megan Overstreet trying to get up into her position unusual for her to be back in sixth place at the moment so trying to do her best super close to Lasky in front of her only three hundredths of a second difference between the two but uh, no improvement there and Hendrickson does manage to leave it on pole which I suppose being a second ahead of the grid is probably to be expected but let's go through the grid here tonight for this race Tim Hendrickson uh, commanding 135.916 with Jason Green in second Michael McConnell in third with your great money at the top Masters driver in fourth, Kane Lasky in fifth, Megan Overstreet in sixth, Philip Fernandez in seventh with Benjamin Harris in eighth, Wayne Palmer in ninth with Richard Coffrey in tenth with Jim Brister in eleventh, in twelfth we've got Paul Stevens. In thirteenth we've got Andrew Love with fourteenth Chris Walker, fifteenth is Stevie Ray, sixteenth is Tom Laurie with seventeenth Kean Palmer, in eighteenth we've got Paul Godden. In 19th, Gary Warbob with 20, Adam Bradshaw and Yuaxi Lin in 21st. I'm not sure if uh, he will be joining the grid, but certainly didn't set a time in qualifying. It's going to be an interesting race, Ron, and it's going to be all about that first lap, you know, because the problem you've got, if you're the mid-pack or towards the tail end of this field, somebody in front of you has an incident, there's not many places to go, and a lot of these corners are actually blind when you go around them, so it's going to be really tricky if there's an incident in front, which could cascade the incidences further down the field, couldn't it? Yeah, that is a very fair point you raised there. This track, there is very little room to run, pretty much no room to hide if you have some kind of incident all throughout this track. Very tight sections there, which will um, definitely create a lot of chaos if we have a, a small little mistake from just one driver coming through the other. Very tight, you can call it a stadium section, uh, coming through uh, turn seven, and uh, that very tight section of this circuit. I think we'll see a lot of carnage, but one driver that I'm going to keep my eye on uh, is Megan Overstreet. You mentioned earlier how she hasn't really set the world on fire in this series, but she's just kept her car clean and uh, at, at a race like this, which we expect to be very chaotic, I think if she can just keep her car on the road and keep her car clean, I think she might have a shot to win it tonight. 
Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's just, she's super consistent, always been in the podium positions throughout the season. It's just that first place one that's uh, sort of eluded her more often than not. But it's going to be interesting to watch Megan's driving style because she tends to slide the back end out of the car anyway. So it's going to be really interesting to see how she tackles this race. But uh, looking here with Hendrickson just coming around the start finish and the race is underway you can sort of see three four wide going into the first and second corner and luckily the first and second corner are quite open for the cars to be able to uh, just get them up to speed but Hendrickson managing to keep the positions the top six remain in the same positions they started Rich Coffrey up three places from where he started so a great start for Richard Coffrey there in seventh place he manages to get another one up into sixth up four places from where he started Kane Lasky has managed to uh, at the moment Rich Coffey's on fire up five places from where he started in fifth place some orgy bargy action farther uh, farther towards the back involved Stevie Ray there he was involved in that uh, small old melee as they went through turn three surprisingly clean so far I saw a little bit of tail happy action as they came out of turn two going over that bridge you can sort of expect that with the rear end of these cars getting light but so far so clean couple of uh, a couple of scrapes here and there, a couple of wall taps uh, throughout the field, but I think right now we haven't had any major dilemma so far. That's oh, how we've just commentated because of the effort there coming into the infield section of turn eight, nine, and ten. As we see uh, Wayne Palmer just getting slightly wrong there, hitting the front of his car, you can sort of leave in his nose uh, on that corner. His front right tire is completely shot, literally off to the left, so he will be uh, making a trip back to the pits here um, to get his fast repair to get back out on track, but so easily done around this track. And that's a uh, very tricky corner there. The uh, the corner at the end of the uh, the very long back straightaway. We have a big kerfuffle here towards the end of the lap. That is uh, between turns 12 and 13 there. That's a very tight section. A lot of incidents happen there in real life. An incident has befallen the drivers here. We're following Chris Walker here. He was running uh, towards the back of the field. Let's see what happens here. Just as a bit of tail happy action there coming through turn 12 and it's going to cost him dearly and he reverses back into the path of another car who gets collected. I believe he's going to be the one that's feeling the most burn from that accident but certainly the other drivers that were involved might have picked up some kind of damage. I believe this was the other driver involved, Benjamin Harris. He might have picked up damage in that incident so tough for some of these drivers to get involved in incidents very early on this 40-minute race. Yeah, but I suppose in the grand scheme of it, three drivers in this field on a very tricky track is uh, probably not a bad fallout, to be honest. That's Laurie, Palmer and Walker there, all gone into the pits, into the first so We're looking at Megan Overstreet, not making any inroads at the moment, still in sixth place, uh, in fourth place overall in that S1 category. So, like we said, qualifying was super important. Ooh. As we see there, big hit, car in front loses it. And uh, unfortunately, as I was saying before, Megan Overstreet, you can see in the background, they're still spinning around there. That's Stevie Ray as well, and the cars. Ooh, this oh, this is no. chaos. Absolute chaos coming on through turn number seven. It's like you said, that turn seven is super tricky, you know, with the, the size of the curves in there. If you hit the curve on the inside, which is what I think happened there, uh, it just caused that cascade effect down the field. And we're still seeing the cars just trying to get there. That's uh, Megan Overstreet to uh, came off where you can see the rear right tire literally off the floor. I think she might have to uh, go back to the pits and towed to the pits but no still trying to keep on to try and save that time but uh, that was all caused by one of the cars in front 
just slightly losing it around the corner and it just caused that cascade effect. Roger Ormani can see sort of loses it, hits the court, hits the curve in on the outside and just catapults. Unfortunately, there was nothing that Jorge could have done there uh, and it caused just absolute chaos down the whole field. Yeah, it's, that's a uh, very easy corner to make a mistake on. You go from the very wide pseudo back straightaway because you got some turns in it, but still, it's you go from that very wide section that's probably about five car widths wide. We see uh, Megan Overstreet spin off the curb there a few moments after the incident. She was involved in coming through turn seven, but that you bottleneck from about five car widths wide to about maybe two. So that's a, a very tricky corner to get right at. It's also kind of plays a little bit of mind games with you. You feel like, okay, yeah, I can take this corner. I can go a lot deeper into this corner, and then you go into it. And as we saw there for many, you had that uh, very easy mistake to make in these cars, which are very difficult to uh, to drive around a circuit like this. But even just if you're driving like a Formula One car around here, you'd that would be a very easy mistake to make because I certainly myself have outbraked myself going into turn seven at this track quite a few times. So that's a very easy corner to make a mistake on, as we've seen in the early stage of this race that's catching out a lot of drivers. Yeah, it definitely is. And you see from the track map in the top right-hand corner how disfragmented uh, the field has become already, even after only five minutes and four laps of this race. We've got the front around about four cars just uh, coming around turns one and two here. And then there's a big gap back to fifth place that's all the way down to 12th. And then you've got 14th, you can see they're coming into turn number seven. So the field has already been fragmented with the incidents that we've had on the opening couple of laps here today. And this may become a more of an issue when the uh, front runners like Hendricks and Green and Lasky start coming around to uh, try and overtake the back markers, you know, because there's no real clear, obvious paces. And it's going to be down to the back markers to try and get out of the way to let the front runners through. But there's going to be portions of the track that you're just not going to be able to do that. So the the front runners have just got to be a little bit patient. You can see at the front, Hendrickson at the moment, 4.5 second gap to be expected with nearly a second lead in that qualifying session. Um, the battle there really is for the second and third place between Green and Lasky. About three tenths of a second is covering them two drivers and uh, behind them we've got McConnell who's the top driver in the S2 moment in fourth place so then three having a three-way battle for that second place but sort of Hendrickson even this early stages has almost clocked out 4.7 seconds, seconds and that gap is just growing but one thing we have got to take into consideration is the pit stops the mandatory pit stops that the drivers have to do that always throw in a little bit of uh spice into the race as well so it's going to be interesting to see when some of the drivers start coming in for their mandatory pit stop and that's going to be a very important thing to look at in this uh, in this race tonight. One thing that I don't think we'll see a lot of is a whole lot of fuel strategy at a track like this, where it's not like a track like Road America per se, where the drivers just sit in the slipstream and uh, that can uh, play dividends for your races. We're seeing drivers coming into the pits already. That's Philip Fernandez coming into the pits from the, the seventh position. So might be an early strategy call here to pit seven minutes into this race. So we'll just have to wait and see how that works out for him. But I think. These drivers, I don't think there's going to be any, like, uh, conserving tires or conserving fuel or anything like that. I think these drivers are just going to have to go for it. Even though at a track like this, it's very easy to make a mistake at, I think these drivers just have to push it and give it 100%. Because even though the, uh, the leader right now, Hendrickson, has pulled out now a 5.3 second gap to green behind, the rest of this field is still very tight, all things considered. Even though it is a bit fragmented, there is still a lot of battling up and down this field. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely is. We're currently watching Gary Warbot trying to chase down Paul Godden for that P7 overall. Just looking at the drivers that have come into the pits, nine out of the 20 drivers have already been into pit lane to either get a repair or do an extremely early pit stop, which uh, sometimes comes out, as we can see Kieran Palmer here, just losing it slightly there and towing it back to the pit. So an extremely difficult track for the drivers to try and master with the... the the sort of characteristics of these cars they tend to slide out they they are very slidey when you go in through the corners you can see different types of driving style with people tending to want to slide that car a lot more into one megan overstreet comes comes to mind antonio reese uh, is another one that basically is a he's a very good and methodical driver he doesn't like the car to get twitchy at all so it's very much two different driving styles in these Formula Fords and uh, I'd expect Antonio Reese, who's unfortunately not here tonight, sort of driving style of being precise around the corners, not letting the back end sort of slide out around the corners is the way to go here today. I mean, having nine of the 20 drivers already gone through the pit lane, it just shows you what a war of attrition this track is with this combination of cars. And the big thing as well with the other driving strategy of trying to keep the other back end of the car fairly straight compared to the front is um, at a track like this and pretty much no runoff area to speak of. The only area where you have runoff area on the outside of the curb is right here coming through turn three. We're seeing a battle here uh, towards the farther back of the field. This is between uh, Gooden and uh, Walberbolt that we were following earlier. And uh, just that's the small little section of this entire racetrack where you have just a little bit of runoff. Besides that, the rest of the track, if you get a little bit loose and just a little bit off the racing line for the rear end, you're going to clip a concrete barrier and you could very easily bend something in the rear suspension. So that's going to be something interesting to follow throughout the rest of this race, how those drivers try and uh, just keep their car and uh, keep it clean because, as you mentioned, you can... You can see it on the other left-hand side of your screen. You can see the amount of drivers that have run into issues. A lot of drivers have had to tow back to the pits. A lot of drivers involved in incidents so far in this race. And I think just keeping it clean is going to be the name of the game. As the old saying goes, to finish first, first you have to finish. I think that rings true tonight. 100%. You know, these these uh, street circuits are very much Marmite tracks. You either love them or hate them. From a spectator point of view, they're great tracks to watch because the drivers have nowhere to go if they make a mistake. There's literally concrete barriers on the inside and the outside, so it's going to be super interesting. Like you mentioned, Ron, it's it, it's not only battling the rest of the drivers there, it's battling themselves to make sure that you're clean, consistently going through these corners. As uh, we're continuing to watch this battle here for seven between Paul Gordon and Gary Warbolt. Uh, two different classes, but uh, certainly very much mixing it up out on track. You can sort of see in the uh, timing tower on the left-hand side, I mean, how much fragmentation the, the field has been. You've got the top driver there, and then you've got 6.9, then you've got uh, about half a second between third and fourth. Then 17 seconds back, you're looking at Stevens in fifth place. And then it's just the next nearest battle is the battle we're currently watching with Goddard and Warbot. Everybody else is sort of at least two or three seconds behind the driver that's uh, chasing them. So, you know, it's, it's no close battles at the moment apart from that second place and for seventh place that we're uh, currently watching. So you can see there Harris just getting past Warbolt who's uh, coming into the race. So you can have that freeway battle between Goddard and Harris and Warbolt for that seventh place overall. But uh, some great racing 
on screen for us to show. I mean, we're currently 11 minutes into a 40 minutes and there's just so much that's happened to world. Half the field, like you said, has uh, already been in the pits there. And I think that is Kian Palmer. Yes, it is. Kian Palmer just getting out of the way. He's uh, not having the best day at the races here is Kian. Yeah, a lot of drivers having uh, pretty bad races so far. Some drivers just uh, keeping it clean, and the other uh, drivers that have kept it clean have cut through the field like a hot knife through butter right now. So the drivers that were involved in some kind of incident early on, they're definitely going to be uh, feeling the pain in the early stages of this race. But right now, there's two drivers looking over the live timing screen that put together some very good races. One of them is Paul Gooden. We're seeing a spin there coming through the other uh, very treacherous turn seven that's a uh, bradshaw has a small little spin there uh nothing too serious i believe he kept it out of the wall for the most part so he will be uh scot free from that but right now we're seeing an, a battle here towards the other uh, end of the top 10 that involves the other uh, driver that has really impressed me in the early stage of this race and that's uh gary walbart who has actually uh, moved up 10 positions at this point in the race, so he has put together a fantastic drive, but the man who's made it up the most positions is uh, Gooden, currently in seventh. He's managed to make up 11 spots, so a lot of drivers coming through the field early on, but a lot of drivers, including uh, Megan Overstreet, who I feel like I kind of jinxed. I said, yeah, I want to keep an eye on them, and about a few few minutes later, then she gets involved in an incident, which was really unfortunate. It's dropped her down the field, so I feel bad. I might have pulled off a commentary's, commentator's jinx there, on her in my first race here in the uh, the uh, Formula Ford series here for Weekend Warriors. So I might have some angry drivers messaging me saying, just don't talk about me during the broadcast, man. I don't want you to, I don't want you to jinx me. So a lot of drivers having some uh, good races and a lot of drivers having really bad races right now. Yeah, I mean, it just shows how quickly your race can uh, change here. Richard Coffrey, he had an absolute lightning start up five places from where he started. And then all of a sudden has gone back down to P13. So I think he was one of the drivers that was caught up in that Marley incident coming through turn number seven. Um, so unfortunately, one of the drivers that uh, did come off worse and coming down three places in P13. Fourth in the S2 class at the moment is Richard, um, but certainly shows that he has got the pace and the pace and his trying to track down Wayne Palmer in front of him. It looks like we have got a few brand new drivers to the series. Paul Stevens, uh, Paul Goddard. Gordon, the one you mentioned there, Tim Hendrickson, who's currently leading this way, Swain Palmer and Kieran Palmer with uh, Chris Walker, all new, looks like they're new to the series. So a uh, big welcome to them guys as well. And uh, pretty much a hard track to uh, have your first cut in one of these Formula Fords. Uh, that's definitely the case. A track like this, very narrow, very little room to run, very little room to hide if you make some kind of mistake. To be a rookie in this series, a track like this is very very difficult i think they should have probably waited in one week's time to uh, to make their debut at spa the season finale here for the other uh, weekend warriors formula ford series uh i think that might have been the smarter decision but hey i can respect them deciding you know what i'm gonna risk it i'm gonna go out here at this very difficult circuit here right in the other uh, small little area between michigan between detroit and canada 
these drivers are making their debut, so I can definitely respect them to saying, you know what, I'm not going to wait for an easy run. I'm going to really uh, stick my head out here. It's kind of like uh, sticking your toes in a pond full of piranhas <laughs> making your debut at a track like this. So those drivers have definitely impressed me, and the one that has impressed me the most is Hendrickson, who, making his debut at a very difficult track, he has put together a masterful drive so far and is nearly 10 seconds clear of Green, and we're only 15 and a half minutes into this race really stamped his authority on this track i mean it it, it was uh, ominous from the the qualifying anyways normally tenths of a second we're talking about the difference between the drivers but when we get a driver that's near enough a second ahead of the rest of the field you know he's going to be uh, on point during the race because it's sort of like two races in it the qualifying and then the race is whether you can keep the pace up but being a second ahead i mean i'm just looking at his lap time his, his fastest lap time is the last lap he did a 136.61 the rest of the field the top of the rest of the field are 137.02s so you know around about four tenths near enough four tenths up to half of a second faster than the rest of the drivers and then you look further down from p5 down it's 139s 138s so you can sort of see the speed that hendrickson is going you know doing the 136 the only driver to be in the 136 in the field the, the nearest driver for the best lap is a 137.02 so around about nearly four tenths of a second slower than the rest of the field so you can sort of see the speed that Hendrickson is putting in but saying that Green is managing to try to get away from Maskeda in third place he's got 1.3 seconds gap now between himself the uh, Lasky has got a bit of bit of a competition behind from the s2 driver of michael mcconnell who's uh, having an excellent drive really good qualifying out on drive but we're currently watching mane and fernandez mane just trying to go up the inside there getting the position done over fernandez they are two different glasses masters and the s2 but mane after that earlier incident trying to make back up and currently finds himself back in to ninth place trying to chase down Warbolt. we can see there 15 seconds is a deficit uh, Warbolt had hadn't gone into the pit, but Mane had to go into the pits to do his fast work there. So uh, certainly is showing the pace. Has got the time to claw it back. Only 17 and a half minutes into this 40-minute race. So uh, we do know that Jorg Mane is an extremely quick driver, but uh, 15 seconds is a tall order to try and overtake. Currently, Gary Warbolt there in P2 in the Masters, uh, 3.9 seconds behind Harris as well. Um, so he's doing well there in P2. But Brewster, who was second in the Masters Championship over Antonio Reese, uh, I think it's going to be a tall order for Brewster to do uh, any inroads into the Masters Championship, but certainly having a good effort here uh, and could win that number one spot overall. But uh, just looking further down the field, Megan Overstreet there after that earlier spin, a couple of spins around the lap. In that York Marnie incident there finds herself in P13 for uh, very unusual place for her to be at the moment but uh, I suppose that's the joy you can sort of see the back end of that car I don't know if there's still something wrong with it you can see it sort of uh, bouncing off the track uh, so I'm not sure if there's been another incident where obviously she would have used a fast repair to repair her car before I don't know if she's hit the wall and uh, has a visit or if it's just uh, an eye racingism
think one driver that just used a fast repair was uh, Paul Gooden. We saw him battling in the top 10 a few laps ago, but he uh, towed back to the pits, and he's now coming out of the pits. He was there for a while. He's uh, now dropped down to P17, so he is less of the runners that are really still in contention. The rest of the drivers behind him either didn't take the start entirely with the case of Lynn, who's currently in last and 20th, who did not take the start, did not set a qualifying time. Not sure what happened with him there. But Paul Gooden, who we saw running 7th pretty much, he's dropped down 10 positions right now. The last of the car is really still in contention in this race. But still, he's just hopelessly out of contention. Not sure what happened there. Might have had some kind of incident at some point in this circuit, which it being the way this track is, it's not the most shocking development in the world if he had some kind of mistake. Now he's battling with Palmer, but right now we're seeing a battle here between Lasky and McConnell there. Seeing these two drivers be very close as they go through the first two corners of the circuit. We might see a move here uh, from Kane Lasky uh, going down into the braking zone of turn three, but I believe he is just too far away. He is closing a little bit there on McConnell. He is within striking distance, but right now he is going to tuck in behind McConnell's car. Wait a little bit. Wait for the opportune time for Lasky to get into the final overall podium position and overtake the uh, the McConnell driver there for uh, to be with his uh, fellow uh, drivers in his category. You can see Hendrickson and Green there with the other red ticker next to them. So Lasky wants to be with his competitors. He won't be with them on track. Certainly Hendrickson has driven away and Green as well is uh, fairly ahead of these two drivers. But I'm sure Lasky wants to get ahead of McConnell. He might be a little bit tired of seeing that number 626 car up ahead of him. So I think Lasky will uh, try and wait, his, wait it out a little bit. We're over halfway into this race now, but I'm sure Lasky definitely wants to get past Mc, uh, McConnell before this race is done with. Yeah, definitely is. McConnell started in P3, so uh, has got back into a position where he started this race. The S2 driver there looking for a podium position at the end of the race overall. So having a, a great race is the S2 uh, and having a little bit of a battle here with Kane Lasky overall. But uh, just looking down the field, the big moves and shakers. The big mover at the moment is Gary Warbot up 11 positions from where he started into P3 in the Masters. So he's having a, a great day at the races. Paul Stevens, who's uh, the car behind the battle, currently watching on stream, up seven positions from where he started and then you've got the losers the big losers Megan Overstreet down seven positions Andrew Love who's out this race down seven positions so it's been it's been 50-50 the, the the field splits of gainers and losers here in Belle Isle but super tricky track at the moment McConnell at the moment just managing to hold off Lasky but uh, Green is just sort of checked out from this battle that we're currently watching for the last P3. You can just see him there going around the corner. So it has a couple of seconds gap. But I mean, Hendrickson at the front, 13.7 seconds. Every single lap, he's just gaining at least half a second, if not more, over the rest of the field. I mean, he's just driving this car like it's uh, a class above what it currently is. Yeah, he's just it, watching him drive that car around and qualifying at this very tricky street circuit. It was, it was like watching a pianist perform a uh, nice Beethoven uh, number. So it's just seeing these drivers uh, push their car as well as they have. And just it, it's not like he's overly pushing it or anything like that. He's just able to dance that car around this Belle Isle circuit like it's no tomorrow. So he is Hendrickson has put together a fantastic drive right now. He is really his own postcode right now. The three drivers behind him are uh, 
at least 14 seconds behind him. So he is has a clear track ahead of him, really no issues that he's run into so far this race compared to the rest of the field that have had some kind of issue. I, I think at this point, probably about half the field has had some kind of contact with the wall or another competitor. So just a lot of chaos all throughout this field, but this man, Hendrickson, has avoided it for the most part. Yeah, it definitely is, and he's, he's not holding up either. You know, having seen a gap of like 14 and a half seconds, he's just put in the fastest lap on his previous lap of 136.31. So he's constantly pushing the times throughout this race, not laying back on his laurels. He wants to get that gap as big as he can. And you sort of see the gaps as the top four probably within like 17 seconds but then you look for fifth down it's 42 seconds before you go to p8 which is over a minute down from the leader i mean that's just unheard of in this formula four but uh, i suppose saying that this track is extremely uh, tricky and uh, quite a few of the drivers have been involved in an incident but uh, jason green here in second place pretty much probably finding it a bit of a boring race to be honest you know he's just got no chance of catching hendrix in front and uh, is extending his lead to the third place in Connell uh, who's having a battle with Lasky at the moment so those two fighting over each other which is uh, sort of letting him get away from that battle for third place so pretty much a, a boring race there it looks like for Jason Green tucked up in second place on track but the biggest battle is the one that you can see just in the background there between McConnell and Lasky literally glued together on track for the final position or the podium position here today uh, and it's the s2 driver at the moment that secures that third place but still like you said it's 24 minutes nearly 25 minutes into this 40 minute race and we do have the round of pit stops to still ahead of us as well that can uh, always change up the sequence in the towers we've seen quite a few of the drivers risking risking it already and trying to put in the minimum amount of fuel that hasn't paid off and sometimes it has so it's going to be interesting to see as we see paul stevens from p5 coming in for his pit stop i think we should uh, stay with stevens here when he pulls into his box we'll have to see if these drivers are taking tires might cost him a little bit of time in the round of pit stops it could be just them coming in for fuel certainly these uh Formula Ford tires, which I believe are uh, very similar to street tires, if not a little bit grippier, certainly road legal tires that you can run on the Formula Ford. Um, these things, the, the tires.